With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Mama's Pearls. I am your hostess, Cynthia, and here at Mama's Pearls, we like to take the most beautiful pieces of life and string them together. Hope that you will stop, think, feel, and hopefully adjust within the next half hour that we have in store for you today. Last week, if you um, if this is your first time tuning in, we kind of go on a theme week to week and, like I said, string the, string the pearls together. So last week was the chop shop, and I've had some very interesting reactions and feedback to the chop shop as far as um, hitting, really hitting upon a point of what does it take for us to let go in our attachments? And for me, last week, it was more about my physical attachments to my hair, and I went ahead and I cut off 10 to 12 inches of my hair and donated it to Pantene Beautiful Length. And in looking at that a little bit further, the pearl of last week was gaining through losing. And we were looking at other ways that we could lighten up through you know, especially for the summertime when we, we just kind of want to unload all the burdens that we've had, especially with this, this long, hard winter, and see how, how else we can lighten up things in our life. Nichelle Pace, who is the founder and CEO of StyleMom.com, was on the show and kind of really guiding us through how we can do that in all areas of our lifestyle, not just not just purely physical, and kind of... What I really took away from her was really lightening up everything, not putting so much stress or pressure, especially when it comes to um, your physical persona, that it is supposed to be just kind of fun and interesting. So I suggest everyone to go and check out Nichelle's Nichelle's website. Again, it's stylemom.com. And when we left last week's show, I kind of have been doing – you know, we're looking at like physical attachments and and wanting to move a little bit into our other senses as far as what are our emotional attachments. And I did a workshop last week with um, Natalie Ann Berthold, who is really an energy worker, and and her primary work that we did last week was focusing on like family constellations. So we're going to talk more with her, I think, next week on on the Mama's Pearls Radio Show and a little bit more about her work. But where I really kind of got got stuck and really looking at was the attachments that we have emotionally and how 
our family unit and our connections with our parents are really the first attachments that we have in this world, you know, starting from in utero and, and even beyond. And those cords run probably the deepest in all of us and are the hardest ones to, um, to keep clean and to keep clear. A lot of times we kind of get muddled within our family unit about what's really my energy versus what's, what's my parents' energy. And keeping those cords kind of clean and clear and all those roles, it takes a lot of work and a lot of effort and a lot of really being honest with yourself about, well, am, what am I interjecting? Am I playing the role of, in my case, I'm both a daughter and a mom and a sister? So am I saying within my my role or am I kind of bleeding, bleeding outward? So what happens also when somebody within your family unit decides not to play their role in, any longer? Your attachment and dependency to the role that they've played for probably so long in your lifetime, you know, your whole world kind of gets rocked. And what does that do? How do we then shift that around? So that's why this week's show is called Healing Home. And the pearl of this week is a soft divide. Now, I'm hoping that my my brother from another mother, Joe, will call in because he originally brought this up to my attention. We, we spoke with Dorsey Russell um, in the past whose primary work is on conscious co-parenting as well as parental alienation, and you guys can check her out also in the archives. You can do a search for Dorsey Russell as well as um, as on the blogs, which, again, we post weekly at www.mamaspearls.com, and it will be up in a little bit. But um, but he chimes in, and he's a he's a voice that you've heard probably before if you've been listening to the past shows that he that he's chimed in before, and really put the seed in my head about parental alienation. Parental alienation is a serious detachment that occurs within a family unit, and I really want to learn more about it. You know, usually it happens around an incident. Um, mostly around divorce or separation, and what happens within that family unit? You know, your your roles are totally shifted. Your cords that you have with mommy and daddy being there and being together, you know, that shifts. So whether you're the parent or the child, being aware of the shifts that are happening and staying conscious within your roles and how to move forward in a healthy in a healthy manner with every with everyone in your family unit, you know that's that's not easy, and it's um, it takes a lot of conscious awareness to to do that. And the thing with emotions and family is that it runs so so deep. Our emotion emotional cords with our family is probably, you know, at least I would say at, at our true true core, where you know outside your family you can probably have a much easier time telling somebody if they're out of line or if they're misbehaving or doing something you don't like or ability to cut that cord, you know, with a friend or an acquaintance, you know, much, much easier and say goodbye, good luck, I don't need you or you're no longer serving me to turn it into a more positive, more positive, um, more positive view. You know, this isn't healthy for me, this and that. But when you're in a family unit, the ability to do that and to stand up and either look at yourself in the mirror or look at 
your loved ones and to and to say that that is tough that is really 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 tough so how can we make that a little bit easier on ourselves and how can we take a soft divide which again is the pearl of this week how can we kind of look what we're doing and try not to take everything so personally because i feel like there's so much feelings and there's so much personalization and it's a completely, totally subjective relationship that we have formed with our families. And how do we heal that? How do we keep it, not on an objective standpoint, but but keep ourselves kind of with our boundaries intact and with ourselves at a place where we can all be strong, we can all be you know, within our power and not giving that power over even to our moms or our sisters, even though we think that they might might need it. Natalie said during the workshop that, you know, children they just they're so loyal to their parents. They're just they just want to be good. They just want it to be safe and okay for their parents and they want to please their parents. And you know, and I see that happening and, and us as you know, playing back in the to the child role and us as children and even our children you know, they will kind of rally around their parents to be pleasing and make it okay for them. But what happens when you take that step out and try to make it okay for your parents, you're not necessarily making it okay for yourself. And you, in turn, suffer. So how can we stop that? How can we, you know, take a step back and say, you know, that's not an appropriate role, and I'm, I'm sorry, Mom, I'm sorry, Dad, I'm sorry, Brother, I'm sorry, Sister, I'm sorry, Aunt, or whoever else it is. You know, you have to kind of deal with your own stuff. I can no longer take on your shtick. I cannot take on your burden. I have my own cross to bear. You know, the imprints that we all have from our family and gen- and genetics is um is so so deep and we kind of always feel like we we have to carry that out and this is again a lot of Natalie's work and we'll go into that more next week but you know carrying that around with us if we're aware of it we'll keep our stuff with us and not pass it down to our children and that for me is so so key you know my my kids are young and you know looking and watching them grow and how they mirror practically like everything I do back to me. You know, if you ever really want to get get a good insight into who you are, look at your children. Look at both their strengths and their weaknesses and what they project back at you because especially in the earlier phases where they're, you know, they are enmeshed and they are more connected and that cord is still run so so deep and that dependency runs so so deep. You know, it, you can see their being kind of shining through, but they they have to kind of glom off their parents to learn how to navigate themselves in this world. And in doing so, it's hard for them to kind of have the ability, at least when they're younger, to kind of say, no, no, Mom, that's you, that's not me. And that is a skill to really grow and to master all through all through your life. And I watch my kids now and, you know, I'm trying to really keep myself out and really to keep that soft division and boundary in place between what's my stuff that they shouldn't be dealing with. But, yeah, you know, I go through hard times and they absorb it. 
So when you're getting to that point where you're having a really, really hard time and going through a very difficult situation, and you know, especially in the case of divorce and separation where it really disrupts the family unit and what your children are used to, you know, that is a very, very hard place to to navigate. So I'm going to bring on Joe, who who again, as mentioned, has been on the show before, and I really wanted to open the space and honor him with with hearing a little bit more about his story and his experience. He's been he's has gone through a divorce himself. He has a son and is has a lot of experience in this area. So Joe, are you with us? Absolutely. How are you, Cynthia? Good. What's up, brother? Brother sis. <laughs> How are you? Good to hear your voice. Good to hear you too. And I'm 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 very happy again to kind of open the space up for you to so we can just you and I kind of hash out a little bit further. Um, you know, thank you, you, you for that. And well, yeah, and I was like, well, what do you want to come on the show and, and really talk about? And this was something. This was a topic that you felt very, very strongly about about parental alienation. So mm-hmm. I really wanted to just open up the space for you to share your insights from your own experience and you know how it can help other other families. Well, I mean it. Um, it it has been a journey. I mean, it's been ten years of um, needing to know so precisely when to say something, when not to say something. It's no different than than as if the you know if the parental alienation wasn't a factor. It's just a real life kind of thing that we often have to bite our tongues. But in this, in my particular case. Um, it it was a real balancing act of of what to do because very often if we want to say something or get get involved with uh, taking a discussion further you could actually be be setting things 10 steps back you know one step forward and 10 step that kind of thing but um all along can you give us a little bit more specifics about like what kind of situations you're talking about where you can really see some damage being inflicted by your responses. Well, in the beginning, when it when it first started to become apparent that that there was going to be a problem, um, my son was in high school and he was getting ready for college. That was ten years ago, um, literally, and um, the. <laughs> The matter back then, because I've been divorced since 1986, our, our divorce decree did not have any language in it pertaining to higher education and things that come along at the later points in life. So it was a matter of needing to address these issues outside of the scope of, of the courtroom and, and anything to do with lawyers and so on and so forth. But my my ex-wife, didn't want to go that route and my son was in the middle and I kept assuring him that we would work things out but and I would seriously attempt to do that with his mother but she was insistent on making it all legal and making it all you know presented to the courts and so on and so forth so the specifics I mean I it would take hours <laughs> As an attorney, right, I'm right. sure you could appreciate it, but the motions and the, the back and forth and the writing of this, that, the other thing, the judge finally said, look, here's what, here's what I see, and this is how I think you guys should work it out. And my ex said in the courtroom, she says, oh, okay, 
I'll take care of it. And but see, the bottom line is, my when I went through my divorce, my that decree is only like six pages long. I mean, what divorce decree is six pages long today? It's it's almost unheard of. The point is, is that we made a deal about certain things that the that the decree was silent to, and even the attorneys agreed. Let's not get involved in putting that down and putting this and getting involved with that property and this this asset and so on and so forth. It's not that doesn't pay. And it's between the parties. It's between the parties. It's between the parties. And that's the way we left it. But unfortunately, my ex decided that it wasn't going to be between the parties. When my son was turning 18 and in a senior in high school, she was going to actually involve him. And this really disturbed me. It really, really, really. I mean, even as I speak of it now, and it was 10 years ago, I, 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 my, my skin crawls because... Uh, here's this, this this only son that we have that doesn't need to know the details of what we agreed on and what we knew we would be able to come to a compromise with at some later point in life and so on and so forth and just move forward with it. No. Instead, it's dragging me to court, getting him involved, him coming to me saying, Dad, Mom said this, Mom said that, the judge is going to, her lawyer said, and I'm like, Oh, well, my okay. God, I'm holding my head saying, what kind of person does that? Drag right. the kid well, I, I want to interject and kind yes. of put yes. um, put an over overtone theme in, in the mix here as far yes. as um, as far as when when couples do separate and, you know, parental alienation is probably the, the extreme case of the detachment, the detachment that having to occurs from your parents and they're acting out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really looking at what's the appropriate relationship between the mommy and the daddy, you know, as mm-hmm. husband and wife or exes to each other or partners to each other or ex-partners to each other, and then the other relationship from the parent to child. Mm-hmm. And within the the parental relationship to each other is kind of keeping their own roles and own integrity intact, even when you are separating and, and you know people have the right to be happy and this kind of thing, and keeping your own boundaries from bleeding into what's going on with the child. Mm-hmm. From the court's perspective, when, whenever they're looking at it, it's always what's in the best interest of the child. Mm-hmm. And what happens, you know, that I see is the best interest of the child, that equation gets really muddled when you have two totally conflicting sides that you're dealing with with parents. And once mm-hmm. you do have a child, you have that responsibility to be there and in certain roles with you know legal custody and and just making sure that they're okay, um, you know, that's basically your role. So mm-hmm. the, the 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 vertical link between the parent and child and then the horizontal link between what should be going on and basically kept in the, par- the parent's back, you know, bedroom or back doors gets really kind of convoluted when you bring the courts in and and obviously the further you the further you go when there's years and distance between a couple i would think you know unless you really have it amicable and can keep it on on a higher level but if there's a lot of like raw emotions which i'm hearing from you in your case there was a lot of hurt and there was a lot of raw emotions you know Mm. bringing bringing that back and every single time you have to go back and dealing with each other brings up and just conjures back those still raw emotions because, you know, those shifts haven't happened. 
and it's still kind of all the reasons why you can't be together kind of really really resurface, um, you know, with all that pain and kind of looking at, okay, now we have to deal with our son going to college or now we have to deal with our, you know, our son getting married or our child doing this or our child doing that. You know, it doesn't really matter what the event is. Mm-hmm. The what matters is you know at least from from my perspective and, and kind of looking at at this show is how can we you know keep the level of detachment from you know from kind of erupting you know or as opposed to kind of erupting with that emotional um, I want to say like battering. Well, I mean. Yeah, I re- I recall back then that the, you know the courts were obviously going through a transition with how to deal with this business of um, children being used as weapons and being messengers for one, for the other the custodial parent versus a non custodial parent and these kinds of things started reaching a point where and in the state of Massachusetts at least I was made aware of the fact that they were uh, and would continually become sensitive to the business of, quote, intentionally inflicting emotional distress. Right. This, this which, kind of which, thing. Which, by the way, Go ahead. Uh, I don't think, and don't quote me on this because it's been a while since I checked it, but I remember, remember being in law school and studying for the bar, is not like something that's really recognized in New York. <laughs> well, you're emotional right. Emotional distress just kind of comes with being a New Yorker, uh, apparently. <laughs> And, and and exactly and and you know I have a friend who in, in Port Jefferson as a matter of fact in Long Island that went through has been going through 16 years of this with with her, her son and and her ex husband uh, and he he just turned 18 and and I mentioned it to her and she said I don't know what you're talking about I asked the lawyer about that and she, she, they have no idea what intentionally inflicting emotional it's not, <laughs> and it's and not, so I recognize in New York. Amazing. But how, amazing. how do you how do you deal with the coping? Like, what have been some tools that have helped you kind of heal yourself in relationship to, you know, your ex family unit and in relationship to your son? My the way I've, I've been able to do it is just be in touch with him about the things that I know are important to him, or at least. I would think are important to him as far as what's happening on my end of the family with my parents who are in their 80s and approaching 90 and so on and so forth. So he's in touch with my brothers, you know, my my cousins, the people that on on our side of the family are still out there with open arms. Uh, my my mom still to this day sends him little packages of, you know, goodies and, and, and holiday things and so on and so forth. So he knows that we never speak of, as I never chose to speak of then, the things that were going on between his mother and I that should only have been kept between her and I. And we just continue on in that basis. And, you know, I was accused of having my head in the sand and and not being mature enough to involve him in these important matters because he, he shouldn't be kept in the dark. And I completely disagreed with that. I think that at certain points in time, at different ages, children can handle different things, but when it comes to private matters that don't need to really work their way into what a child is doing, because let's not forget, at at any level in this divorce-separated business, 
you know, children are establishing their view of the world, parenting, adulthood, you know, relating to other the opposite sex. I mean, they're they're forming opinions based on what is immediate to them in the way of their experience. So, you know, I think we have to just constantly be as sensitive as possible to what we what 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 comes across the table and what goes out, you know, to that sensitive mind, be it a, a boy or a girl, it doesn't matter. It it's it's a it's a it's a it's a developing uh, psychological intake of of what the world and love and life is all about and however we choose to affect it or not is 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 powerful it's it's, it's a powerful thing to to be aware of and i just think we can well i think i think it's true i mean i think you know one of the key things that i've been told by you know a n- number of people is because you know it's it's unrealistic to never fight with your spouse in front of your children. I mean, mm-hmm. come on, let's just face it; that's just unrealistic. Well, um, even if it's a small bickering or whatever, like it's that's going to happen. But what people have said to me has been like the the most important part of that, if you're going to you know have a fight in front of your children, is to come to a resolution and for your and for your kids to see that the issue has been resolved. Mm-hmm. Not to kind of let it linger. I mean, sometimes that not that's not always easy to kind of like you know how we can just wrap up a show in thirty minutes and just right. wrap up a fight, you know. Um, well, but to kind of like circle back and if your children have questions, instead of like brushing them off, to you know at least give them some sort of closure to, and resolution to a particular issue. And the best way that I experienced that when it did work was to simply say in front of a child. Uh, Mommy and I are going to talk about this later, okay? And believe it or not, that would work because at least the child knows that it's 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 Being still handled. out there that needs to be resolved and handled, but it's going to be done when they do it. And then when it gets resolved, it gets resolved, and they didn't have to be dragged into it and be conflicted in some way about how to feel because, as we know, and psychologists have said it, that, that children – uh, for some reason, automatically think that if once they're aware that mom and dad are splitting up or living separately or getting divorced, that it's their fault, that somehow right. they're responsible for it. And that's got to be a horrible thing. I mean, for a child to be carrying this, oh, my God, what did I do that, that caused mommy and daddy to split up? My goodness. That, 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 I mean, my folks will be married for one year. Right, but it goes to the innocence also of children yeah. just wanting to please and make things okay for their parents. Right. And, and it's well, really supposed to be, I, I mean, least I see, I mean, it's it's a mutual exchange, but it's really supposed to be reversed. Like it's a parent's job to kind of take care of the kids. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean do everything for them, but to, to take care of the kids and make sure, like, the kids are okay. Right. Um, but, like, the, the, one, the one other thing I wanted to kind of just, just talk, because we're going to have to wrap up the show in a few minutes, is, is the is the um is the and I lost my train of thought is the sense of um not the not the fault oh but hearing hearing one of your parents like talk crap about the other yeah like that is hard and like you know I know I'm well, guilty of it so I'll be on the phone with my sister and my daughter's in the backseat and I'll be you know bitching about my husband and it's like mm-hmm. that I think is really hard for children. And and you know the t- I mentioned to you at one another conversation about Amy Baker. She is a um, she is a 
court-appointed uh, expert and an author on parental alienation. And um, one of the things I'll never forget her saying in an interview was that, you know, the most amazing thing that, that can be expressed or at least put out to parents that, that are in the middle of those fights and in the middle of those angry words that they say to a child about another parent is that when when parent when a parent turns a child against another parent they end up turning the child against themselves right as in, as as individuals as people as little you know creations that that are again formulating their 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 opinion of the world and and life and and relating and so on and so forth so I, I, to me, that that's a sacred thing to to just be aware of, in the sense of, of like, whatever you think you're not doing to this child, you are doing it to them by virtue of the fact that you're attempting to turn that child away from their other parent, from the other parent. Right. right. I think that is so key. It's so core. Um, and again, you know, the the parental cords and the family cords run the deepest into our into our core being. Yeah. And I just wanted to to thank, uh, as well as coming on the show today and and putting a little bit more light on what what happens, what the dynamics are, what you know, the situations that we that we face when we're in a situation where we, we do go through a divorce and there's still time that passes and having to deal with your your ex-spouse and really keeping or trying at least to keep the best interests of your, your children yeah. in mind. I think so, the best way for me and, and, and you know to at least put it out there is that if it even remotely has a sense, if you remotely have a sense of how difficult it is to deal with the custodial and non-custodial parent as adults, Imagine what it must be like if children are made privy to those discussions or those arguments and in, in so far as how difficult it must be for them to handle it. I mean, if you, I, you know what I mean? It's like it's, it's obvious that it's, it's a very difficult thing that's being attempted here to handle. So the child has no chance of being able to handle it and process it in any way, shape, or form. Well, because you're already you're you're taking the allegiances and loyalties and kind of adding conflicts and screwing that up. Ah, uh, big know, time. The child <laughs> wants to be loyal to both their parents, you know, mm-hmm. equally. Mm-hmm. So putting them in between, it's you know, that's I, I would just imagine so hard. I mean, think of, everyone can just think of how many times that your parents have kind of put you in the middle or kind of turned to you to be the mediator. Yeah. You know, and that's that's not your place. That's not. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not the role children are supposed to be. So, again, plucking that out and keeping the parents on the parents' role, the children on the children's role, and just trying to have some level of detachment and Mm -hmm. keeping keeping those those cords clean. Like you said, it's not easy. But it's something that we should all at least strive to to accomplish and just be a little bit more aware of. Amy so, Baker's website is Amy Baker, yeah. just like it sounds. dot com. I, I would invite anyone with any questions or issues or books that they, she might you recommend. One in particular is called "I Don't." Uh, it's got a child stick figure on the cover, and it says, "I don't want to choose." 
And that's right. the position that children are forced into by right. you know, by this kind of, you know, discussion or lack of it, is that the child automatically feels, what, and now I have to decide whether I like mommy more than daddy or daddy more than mommy? It's just crazy. Right. It's really not fair. No, no. Very, very good stuff. We'll definitely check out Amy Baker's website. and She's in New Jersey, by the way. She's in New Jersey. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing sharing You're this very time welcome. today, and I look forward to your chime ins again. I will <laughs> as we continue on our journey here at Mama's Pearls. I and, love it. Um, <laughs> I know, right? Thank you. So well, thank, thank you. So you no, thank you for your work. I mean, you, you know what what you do and your dedication to this uh, on a weekly basis to make it happen and. Have people have some ray of hope that they're, that they're not alone? I mean, it, it's monumental. So I encourage you, and uh, my, you're in my prayers always. Aw, thanks, bro. Ah, sis, you got it. <laughs> I so appreciate that. Thank you so much, and thank you everybody for for listening again. The blog for this week's this week's show, Healing Home, will be up at www.mamaspearls.com. You can check out any of our past blogs or any of our past shows. They are listed on the website. The past shows at on Blog Talk Radio are listed in the archives on Mama's Pearls. And again, I'm just here to remind you all to to love your family, say I love you, and remember to enjoy the moments. Enjoy it from a from a place of power. Enjoy it from a sacred space and honoring the oh so delicate but deep cords that run between you and your family unit and which then extend out into the world. Nobody should feel alienated. Everybody should feel included and loved and held with compassion. Thanks, everybody. Joe, thanks again. Have a great week. You too. You're very welcome. Thank you, Cynthia. Thank you. Bye. You can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.